and Mitchell's going to drop back. Three, two, and he's just going to throw the oh. ball as high as he can, and it's going to be out of bounds, and that's, that's the it. way they kill the final five seconds of the game. Brilliant play, and the Calgary Stampeders are going to win the football game. Argos make it interesting with the final ten points of the game of the fourth quarter, but Calgary escapes with a 23-16 win. Over the top. Got him. He's got him. point after for the lead and he's got it it's some kind of special right there what an incredible comeback here in montreal it is week sweet 16 in the canadian football league welcome to cfl weekly i'm andy mcnamara and you're listening across canada on the tsn radio network i'm coming to you live from the TSN 1050 Toronto studio. Make sure you get us on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. And folks, hey, you know it. We're delivered by Domino's. This is perfect football food. Might be NFL, might be CFL, might be whatever. Kids back in school, you're busy. Anytime is the perfect time for Domino's pizza. Go to Domino's.ca. Large four-topping pizza for just $12.99, how about that? What if you want to mix and match it a little bit? This $7.99 mix, you can go pizza, you can add in some side dishes like cheesy bread, pasta, boneless chicken, whatever you want, marbled cookie brownie for dessert, of course. But check out all the great pizza and side dish deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Big show for you today. We're going to go a little bit of a look at the East Division, and we'll dip into Ottawa. I haven't checked in with our friends in the Red Blacks for a little bit, so we'll talk to their radio play-by-play man, A.J. Jakubek. He'll be coming up in a few minutes' time. Look at Ottawa, and then the rest of the East. Very interesting. Lots of Vernon Adams talk coming today. One of the, the CFL. What a week he had. Quick side note before we get to the rest of the show. Vernon Adams Jr., dude gets suspended for ripping the helmet off of the massive Adam Big Hill and swinging it at him, gets suspended a game, but also wins the CFL Top Performer of the Week, one of the three, and is in the MOP conversation, and led a huge comeback victory for the Montreal Alouettes, has them three games back of Hamilton and firmly in second place in the East. Quite a week for Vernon Adams Jr., not bad. Not bad for VA. Jeez. Uh, other guests today. We'll talk with Matthew Shinetti. Swing around the whole league. A little bit of a West look. And dip into all the big storylines there as well. And then, of course, our weekly CFL Fantasy Tips segment with my guy Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca. All right. Lots of news and notes to get to. Let's go. First down. And in first down, I just said, huge comeback win over Winnipeg for Montreal. Came at a price, though. Alouette's quarterback, Vernon Adams Jr., he went a little loco, right? Ripped that helmet off, like I told you, against Adam Big Hill. Anyway, TSN football insider Dave Naylor jumped on SportsCenter to give us the latest. On Monday, there was a hearing involving Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. Both Vernon Adams Jr. and Adam Big Hill, who was the one who had his helmet ripped off on the play, uh, were spoken to, were interviewed for this uh, decision. And ultimately, they felt it was, it was conclusive that not only had Big Hill's helmet been removed by uh, Vernon Adams, but he had also used it. He had swung it at him. And, and whether he, how much contact he made with him was uh, largely irrelevant. The fact is, when you swing it at a player like that, 
uh, you know, that is something that is worthy of supplementary discipline, and Vernon Adams will miss this week's game. Now, of course, this is probably a suspension the league did not want to make. Vernon Adams is one of the up-and-coming superstars of this league. He's just coming off a terrific performance, comeback win over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and uh, while it may be hollow for the Blue Bombers, who feel he probably should have been ejected at the, uh, ejected at the time that he removed Big Hill's helmet and swung it at him, uh, he will miss this weekend's game against the D.C. Lions. All right, let's get on to second down. Second down. Rankings time on CFL Weekly. Interesting one here. Rod Smith and the CFL and TSN panel rank their top seven quarterbacks with less than 20 starts. Here we go. The 7-11 player rankings and the top seven quarterbacks in the league today with fewer than 20 starts. And Slurpy Boy has Cody Fajardo, the Riders, on top. Very impressive what he's done this season. Vernon Adams, amazing in the Owls' comeback in Week 15. Dane Evans of the Ticats, Chris Strebler, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Nick Arbuckle, and Logan Kilgore. Chazzy, you know the rules. You can alter the order. And I think you might. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to add a name, though, you got to take one off. Okay. Well, Slurpy Boy is not here today. So <laughs> he likely didn't see what VA did. Slurpy Boy is down in Augusta right now getting his lawn chair set up for, for the Masters six months right now. Well, he missed it. You see what VA did today? He's number one. Vernon Adams. Mm. Also, I, I got to go with my guy, Nick Arbuckle. He leads the yeah. league in completion percentage. I'm going to move him ahead of McLeod Bethel yes. Thompson. Yes. The butterfly's yes. back in the cocoon. Yes. I got I agree with you, but what? But for me, I got to put Cody right above VA, right above, because he's basically been the starter since day one. So you keep Cody on top. Just just, just, just right there. And I'm taking Logan off, and I know this is sound crazy, but I'm putting Dom Davis on. Dom beat Calgary and Saskatchewan. I'm shutting my mouth now. Hey, hey, go ahead. Football is a what have you done for me lately type of game. Logan hasn't won a game. I know he's only started But James Franklin is better right now than Dominique Davis. But also, James Franklin has won a game. Are you tell me that Vernon Adams Jr. is not number one? Henry Henry. Do you see his team compared to Cody Fajardo? Did Cody Fajardo beat Winnipeg? No, Rod. Did Vernon Adams beat Winnipeg? Yes. You guys Nick Arbuckle up? Yes. It's right there. Yes, Yes, There's no comparison. It's right there. Okay. Got that slurpy boy. (laughs) Tony Fajardo. Really? Just by what? what, Milk? Just by what? (laughs) Our 7 Eleven player rankings. On to third down. Third down. All right, let's go a little MOP conversation here as we enter Week 16 in the CFL. Rod Smith and the CFL and TSN panel give an update on who they think could win the award. Plus, after four straight losses, what's the biggest concern with the Edmonton Eskimos? All right, time once again to bring it in and huddle up Brady Bunch style with David Sanchez, Milt Stiegel, and Henry Burris. And Chesney, you're going to start. All right. And rank Vernon Adams for me in terms of the most ah. outstanding players in the Canadian Football League right now. He's number one. He is the most valuable player Mm. in the Canadian Football League. I said valuable, Rod, because he means more to his team than anybody else. But outstanding. I got to go 
with Brandon Banks, Speedy B, because nobody wow. can guard this yeah. man. I'm, I'm going to put him right there with Speedy B and Andrew Harris. You think about what he's doing right now. He's tied for third in passing yards. Yep. Tied for second in passing touchdowns. Second in rushing touchdowns. He's the entire package for this team right oh, now. Oh, come on, guys. Do y'all remember this guy named Willie Jefferson while Andrew Harris was gone? Ooh, Willie Jefferson led the way. He was getting picked second quarterbacks and dominating games. Yeah. I put Vernon Adams right now number three because to me, Speedy B is the most valuable yeah. and the most outstanding player. He does it all for that team. They beat the best teams in this league because of Brandon you, Banks you, you, making you, you plays. Better, you better mention Charles and Hughes, otherwise he's going to beat you oh, up. Oh, yeah, so you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. It does lead he to the next question because Willie's Bombers lost to Vernon's Alouettes in that amazing game, Montreal in week 15. So the West is now tied at the top at 9-4 and four with Winnipeg and Calgary. Milt, who's the favorite in the West now? I'm still rolling with my Bombers. Yeah, they oh, had a tough loss would. this weekend. Bombers. That was a tough one. But I think they're going to be able to overcome it, and I think they're going to win the West, host that playoff game, and go to the Great Cup, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. you seen schedule? you seen that schedule? <laughs> Three of the last four games. They're on the road against top three teams in this league. Tough Ooh. schedule. I'm going to go with the Stamps. Yeah. I'm with you on that, Chase. I'm going to go with the Stamps as well because right now that defense for Calgary, they are stepping up, yeah. looking like the defense that won the Great Cup in 2018. But whoa, I can't whoa, go with a bet because whoa. the difference is whoa. they don't have no confidence whoa. in Stravi and Bo mm -hmm. is an experienced vet. He'll take mm -hmm. over yeah. when it counts. Uh, Henry, I noticed that none of you took the Edmonton Eskimos, maybe because they've <laughs> lost four straight right now. Aside from the obvious, I mean, what should be their biggest concern? Uh, discipline. Those guys are yelling, fighting each other, not even worried about executing. Discipline. Right now, the most penalized team in the, in the CFL, mm. and they turn the ball over along with discipline. the likes of Ottawa and Toronto. I, I, I think it's their, men, their mentality. Their mentality. They're okay with saying, okay, we'll, we'll make the playoffs. Okay. We'll go through the back door. They we'll cross over to the east, but they better be concerned with those BC oh, Lions no. who've won two games yeah. in a row, and they're knocking at the door. You better get it together. I'm concerned with the defense because we heard a lot about the red zone problems on offense. This defense was holding this team together yeah. now over the last four games guys 30 points average giving up this defense that's a problem well mm -hmm. their biggest problem. concern on the field but, uh, is yeah. ottawa their next game and the Ooh. way the red blacks are oh, rolling man. right now if edmonton doesn't win that game concern may not be strong enough okay let's go to some news and notes from around the cfl you got unfortunately for the stampeders that are leading rusher kadeem carry done for the season had arm surgery, so broken arm. He is gone for the rest of the year. Uh, Toronto Argonauts are going to have a new starting quarterback. James Franklin will replace McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Franklin came in and replaced MBT during the third quarter of that Calgary loss last weekend. Yeah, it looked okay, right in relief. As, as I always say on the show, you can look good when a team is not preparing for you. And I think James Franklin's had enough starts that we know when he can, he hasn't risen to the occasion, but he's going to get another chance. And quite honestly, our guy, we love MBT on the show. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, friend of show, in my mind, the most interesting man in the Canadian Football League. If you missed that interview, you can go back at the archives on your local TSN radio station under the show page tab. You'll find CFL Weekly. Um, search up that episode, McLeod Bethel-Thompson. It was on my Twitter, too, at AndyMC81 a few weeks back. Just fascinating guy. But not getting it done on the football field. So this will be Franklin's first start since Canada Day, since July 1st. So we'll have to see what he does when the Argos welcome in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who are coming off of a bye week. And before that, narrowly edged out the Alouettes 27-25. to So those are some of the news and notes. Uh, we will take the break. And on the other side... Head to Ottawa. A little red, black, and East Division conversation with A.J. Jacobic, the 
radio play-by-play voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks. CFL Weekly continues across the TSN radio network. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across Canada on the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. Still to come in the show, we'll go league-wide and a little bit of a focus on the West Division with Matthew Shinetti from TSN. And then, of course, there's CFL Fantasy Tips from our guy Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca. And people, as you know, we are delivered by Domino's Pizza. Perfect football food this weekend. You're watching the game with your friends, family, whatever. Maybe you're just out and about and in a hurry. Order online at dominoes.ca. Get carryout. Have them bring it in. Whatever the case might be. Large four topping pizza for $12.99. Always hits the spot in my house. But check out all the different orders. They got meat lover ones. They have $7.99 mix and match menus with the cheesy bread pasta boneless chicken for dessert. You can mix and match what you want. Make a meal of it. Add some Coke in there too. Whatever you want. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. All right. Uh, let's go to the Domino's Pizza delivery line and bring in the play-by-play voice on TSN 1200 radio in Ottawa of the Red Blacks, AJ Jakovic. AJ, not quite the season the Ottawa Red Blacks were, were hoping for or expecting. Jonathan Jennings and the team got the boots put to him pretty good by the BC Lions 40 to 7 last week. Where are we at with the quarterback position as a whole? Let's, let's start there, man, because listen, Jonathan Jennings, to me anyway, I think it's safe to say is not a starting quarterback in the CFL. That's my opinion. And then you go along into the different avenues they've tried this year, and it just doesn't seem like there's there's necessarily the guy yet. Do you feel the quarterback of the future could still be on this Red Blacks roster? Uh, based on what I've seen, I'd be very surprised. I yeah. think, uh, you know, in terms of the fan base, yeah, you're, you're going to have to sell them on some, some big big names. You lost big stars in this previous offseason. And if you're going to win back the fan base, and I, I think there is, uh, I don't want to say that they're giving this group a bit of a mulligan, but I do think there's some capital there built up just based on what we've seen the previous four years. A lot of people right. kind of downplay, especially around the league, downplay the fact that Ottawa's been in three great cups and, and, and won a great cup because, you know, two of those years they were eight, nine, and one, and the East is weaker than the West. But the reality is if you total up all the wins, you know, from 2015 to 2018 in that four-year span – Ottawa's third. It goes Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa, and those are the only teams that won Grey Cups in, in, in that span. So, you know, they're a top three team in the CFL in a four-year span. So I think that, that earns you some capital, sure. especially in an Ottawa market where there are so many bad teams um, and, and bad ownership groups and just bad football, uh, you know, from the 80s, 90s, and then the 2000s with the Renegades. So... Um, that, that earns them something, but they need a big offseason, and that includes bringing in uh, some, some marquee talent and certainly bringing in a quarterback uh, from outside the organization because if they never even mind from a football perspective, if they tried to sell the fan base on the same quarterbacks, it, mm. it would not go well for them. So, uh, you know, and what, what do they do the rest of the season? Well, um, basically a, a three to one interception to touchdown ratio but between the three quarterbacks. Will yeah. Hart a ton, thirty passes, but he's got two interceptions. I, I think I think you save Will Hart 
for, for you know, the last two, three, maybe four games of the season. I mean, right now, um, they're, they're going to go with a platoon system uh, between they haven't, they haven't announced the starting quarterback or they announced, Rick Campbell announced that the starting quarterback will be the two of them, Jennings and Dominic Davis. And that hasn't gone over very well, but the reality is I don't think anything they would have announced this week would have gone over well if, if you go back to Jennings, you go back to Dominic Davis, who the last game against Saskatchewan, uh, you know, threw three interceptions in his first six passes, and basically uh, they had no chance to win that game. And, and I just don't know if you want to put Will Arndt in this spot. So uh, that's where they are with the quarterback situation. Uh, you know, this, this is bad. It's, it's a bad football team. There, there's no sugarcoating what we've seen. I expected maybe they'd take a, a, a step back, but to, to this degree where they're non-competitive, where you get blown out uh, by 29 and 33 points at Yeesh. home uh, by Toronto and BC, who between them have wins against Ottawa, each other, and a Toronto comeback win against Winnipeg. I mean, one thing if you're non-competitive against good teams, they, they look completely non-competitive, like it was Alabama playing Jacksonville State um, the, the <laughs> oh, last God. three weeks. AJ, and I think that's a great point you bring up. Different story if you're playing Winnipeg or Montreal's hot or whatever the case might be. But against the two other teams with similar records who are having bad years, you get dumped like that. And there was hope for Dominic Davis off the top of the season. We had him as a guest on CFL Weekly here. Great guy. He finally was getting his shot, but he flashed. But it just seemed that that consistency level has really been the issue at the quarterback position this year, hasn't it? Yeah, but, uh, you know... I have to say this: they they haven't put, been put in a very good spot, and, and it started with Jamie Ellis. Well, no, it started in the off season, but it continued when Jamie Elizondo left the organization. So they went scrambling for an offensive coordinator. I, would things have been different if Jamie Elizondo was working with this group of quarterbacks? Maybe I, I'm not necessarily convinced that you know that would have really helped that much because I, I think it, it's a combination of a few different things. They they don't have enough players. They missed Deontay Spencer. I mean, when this offense was rolling the last four years, they had Chris Williams and then they had Deontay Spencer and both of those guys had the speed and the shiftiness and, and the playmaking ability to, to back off defenses, which opened things up in the middle where guys like Brad Sinopoli and, and Greg Ellingson uh, lit teams up. And, and, you know, before that, Ernest Jackson as well and, you know, even, uh, even R.J. Harris last year at a terrific second half of the year. And, and without that kind of dynamic speed guy that, that scares defenses. Um, you know, their, their defenses are adjusting accordingly, and, and basically, uh, you know, a guy like Sinopoli has been deemed relatively ineffective this year yeah. because, uh, you know, he, he can't get open in, in the middle of the field. So uh, there's that. They've, they've had a crushing amount of injuries. I mean, 16 players on the six-game injured list. I mean, they, they've had – They've had guys play their first CFL game, three of them, and, and haven't played a game since. Because <laughs> to see that Maurice Fleming Jr. played one play, his first play tears his ACL, gone, gone for the season. Keyshawn McLean in Winnipeg, first game of the year, DB, gone, broken foot on a, on a freak play where just the way he planted on the turf, breaks his foot. Rafael Arujo Lopes, maybe that, that speed guy that, that you're talking about, uh, that I've been talking about just in terms of a guy that can make plays and stretch the field and open things up. 
looked great in, in Edmonton. Caught six passes in the first half of that game. That, that's the best the offense looked all season. They racked up 280 yards of offense in that first half. And then he gets hurt in the second half. The offense went in the tank in the second half, and they, they've been basically in the tank ever since. Not to, so those, there's rookies, never mind the fact that Antoine Bruno and, and Mike Clausen and Devontae Dedman and Avery Williams and Jared Fernandez and up, up and down this lineup, you, you look at guys and, and they've suffered injuries uh, to, to starters and, and key players, that Jonathan Rose. Uh, as well so it's uh you know it was probably a team that that maybe wasn't talented enough in the first place with some of the guys that they lost but then you know things just went from bad to worse because uh, of the injury situation and now it's a confidence thing and um you know it's it's unfortunate because even when they were two and 16 in their expansion season they were competitive Um, yeah 10 of those losses were by 10 points or less this team you know you look at the 10 losses so far, and two of the losses, you know, questionable decision to concede the safety against Calgary. They end up losing on a last-second field goal. And that Edmonton game I referred to, they had first and 10 on the 11 late, weren't able to punch it in. There's your two other opportunities for wins. Every one of the other losses is by 14 points or more, and five of those have been at home. So not only has it been bad and non-competitive, but they've been awful at home. And that means you've got a lot of angry paying customers, and that's that's why uh, some of this has to be addressed in the off season. They need to find an offensive coordinator. They need to bring in a quarterback. They need to bring in some better weapons to, to surround uh, uh, that quarterback. And, and and you know I think they need to, a difference maker on defense, whether it's a, a Micah Johnson, Willie Jefferson, a guy that can really make a difference on defense. So uh, you know a, a lot of changes I think need to take place in the offseason for this fan base to kind of continue to buy in on what Marcel Desjardins and Rick Campbell have done here, which was build a pretty good foundation sure. uh, over the first five years, but year six has certainly uh, fallen off a cliff. Yeah, this definitely a down year. with, And when you get those first-time injuries, too, with players, it just seems to be one of those seasons. But as you said, AJ, hopefully some capital built up with the fan base and they can go forward from here. Great catching up with you, buddy. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Andy. All right, there he goes, A.J. Jakubek, voice on TSN 1200 Radio for the Ottawa Red Blacks on Twitter, at A.J. On Sports. We'll step aside and come back, swing around the West, East, all the big CFL storylines with TSN reporter extraordinaire Matthew Shinetti. After him, it'll be Ben Kramer for some CFL fantasy talk. All that coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. <laughs> Weekly across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. Andy McNamara with you, folks. How you doing today? Week 16 coming up in the Canadian Football League. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. Delivered by Domino's. You know what? Try the Piece of the Pie Rewards program. Free to enter. All you do when you go to Domino's.ca, the top right-hand corner, you'll click on it. You sign up. Again, free to do so. And every time you do an online order that is $10 or more, you get 10 points towards a future free pizza. When you hit 60, you get a free medium one-topping pizza. You're rewarded for ordering pizza with more pizza. It's amazing. I do it all the time. 
Check it out at dominoes.ca along with all the great carryout and delivery deals. All right, time to get a look around the West, the East, the big storylines with Matthew Shinetti, a tremendous TSN reporter. Let's welcome him in now. Matt, let's start with Vernon Adams Jr. And it's kind of been a, a weird week. I mentioned it off the top of the show. The guy wins CFL Performer of the Week. He it leads an epic comeback for the Alouettes. Their full surge. But you rip the helmet off of Adam Big Hill and take a swing at him. You kind of expected some sort of discipline was going to be coming down, right? Yeah, and I think had he connected with that, with that helmet swing, that hammer blow, uh, we could be talking about a severe suspension. Yeah, I think it's, it's one of those instances where it's kind of undeniable. I, 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 I believe cameras caught Vernon Adams Jr. going back to the sidelines um, and immediately expressing his uh, remorse to his teammates for what he did. I think any player, and, and having been around Vernon Adams enough, I know that he, uh, that was out of character for him. But it was a game filled with a lot of emotions, filled with a lot of swings in it. But either way, uh, you can't do that. You can't use your oppo- you can't use your helmet or the opposing player's helmet weapon ever. That's a no-no. No. I do side with those who believe that he probably should have been ejected um, that game because you can't do that. I mean, it's, it's like in football, too. As soon as you close your fist and you strike somebody, you're gone. Objectionable conduct. You're disqualified. That's, that should have happened. But it does not take away from might be talking about if the, if the Alouettes have a, a long run in November as kind of the transformative mo- moment in their season that has been full of transformative moments. Uh, the Alouettes take, you know, taking the 10,000 foot view outside of what happened with Vernon Adams have done something pretty spectacular. Not only have they captured the, the hearts and minds of CFL fans, They've rejuvenated um, the overall football experience in Montreal. I mean, just take a look at Bianca Andreescu's uh, social media posts about the game. And I think, lastly, it's given people pause in thinking, you know what? Even though the Ticats are 10-3, and three, even though the Ticats are on the verge of possibly setting a franchise record for wins in a regular season, nobody's talking about that. They're talking a lot more about just the emotional ride and energy that the Montreal Alouettes are creating. Now, it's going to be tough this week without Vernon Adams and the trip they have to make. However, um, I'm interested to see what coaching strategy Kahari Jones employs because right now, hands down, far and away, he's the coach of the year. And you have to remember, we're talking about a team now that with days to go in their preseason – they had the. They made a, a, a total change and hired Kahari as uh, Kahari Jones as their head coach, and it's only paid off. It was crazy. I, I still can't believe the story they've had. And Matt, I gotta wonder. Like the, the Ticats, full credit to them. Without Jeremiah Masoli, that season could have gone south. They've kept it going in different ways with Dane Evans. But I never thought I would say in Week 16 of the 2019 CFL season that the Montreal Alouettes had the best damn quarterback in the division. I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, but that's that's where we're at, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting with when you kind of look at Vernon Adams, Vernon Adams Jr.'s journey, and Chris O'Leary with CFL.ca uh, documented it in a uh, very good um, long read feature that he had with uh, with Vernon. 
just about his journey through the CFL and being traded for uh, that high draft pick to Montreal from BC and then ending up in Saskatchewan and then the whole Johnny Menzel situation and then back in Hamilton that he was in. And then, uh, you know, at one point, Vernon Adams Jr. was practicing as a receiver for the Ticats in practice um, and then making his way back to Montreal and really having this story, creating this narrative of he's not Anthony Calvillo. But he is the kind of player that a city like Montreal would, would fall over themselves for. Just the swagger, just the oh, yeah. presence, just the moxie. I mean, he, he oozes that kind of energy that uh, people in Montreal would, would, would fall, over, uh, fall over themselves just to, to want to be around. But I look at Hamilton, and I have to give a lot of credit to Dane Evans. Uh, because Dane came into a situation where he did himself that the offense and the team was not built for him. It was built for Jeremiah Masoli. And yet, Dane Evans has understood that what he is not and, and what he is, and he has used the, the tools and people around him, you know, namely center Mike Filer, who's a veteran on the team, obviously, and then uh, you have Brandon Banks. You see the emergence of Braylon Addison. And obviously, the creativity of, of offensive coordinator Tommy Condell. And what you have is, a team, and let's face it, the Ticats could have won in Saskatchewan months back, probably should have won against Calgary. So we're talking about, really, if you think about it, a 12-1 team, wow. which is like, like you, would you really think about, this, is, this, is, this team is that good and defensively. What they've been able to do up front is just, I know, and the one thing that Orlando Steinauer mentioned to me today when I was at practice, as much as everyone's talking about Willie Jefferson, I did ask him, you know, what's Willie Jefferson doing? Is he dominant? Is he this? And it's kind of a leading question because I knew that Alonzo Steinar was going to say, our guys on the defensive line, what we have, you know, Ja'Garrett Davis, among them, among all of them, we are, we are so pumped with the guys we have. And they've had injuries, you know, they've had injuries throughout the season. And then I think above everything else, even though he has gotten a lot of attention for what some perceive to be uh, dirty hits, uh, by some perceiving, I'm just talking about what people are seeing with their eyes. Sure. Simone Lawrence is having a career year. Simone Lawrence is, regardless of all the stuff off the field, uh, in terms of is he a dirty player, is he not a dirty player, uh, what he is doing, the effect he's having on other teams' offenses is undeniable. Even though I would say right now that the best story, the best narrative, the best, the, the best bang for your buck moment-to-moment team is the Montreal Alouettes, the best team in the East still, far and away, are the Hamilton Tirecats. And it really does get me excited, not to dismiss whoever the crossover team is to come over the West, but it gets me excited, and I've been saying to people over and over again, for a potential Montreal-Hamilton East final. Because years ago, when I first started doing a sidelines in 2013 and 2014, those Alouette Ticats playoff games were wars, and it was it, it made you fall in love with all the great things about the CFL. So, even though I am getting ahead of myself, and it's only late September, uh, I am looking forward to the possibility of starting that rivalry with the way these two teams are are constructed. Starting that rivalry all over again. In conversation with Matthew Shinetti on Twitter at TSN Shinetti. 
does a terrific job on the CFL sidelines and elsewhere for TSN. Make sure you check him out on Twitter. Uh, Matt, let's go to the West here. And you mentioned that possibility of a crossover team. At this point, it would be the Edmonton Eskimos. We have Winnipeg who clinched, Calgary clinched, Saskatchewan's in good shape at 8-4. and four. The Eskimos have lost four in a row. You got a banged-up Trevor Harris. And, Matt, I just can't quite put my finger on this team because... They beat the teams they're supposed to, but any sort of, of, of challenge or difficulty, they just sh- seem to shrink in the moment for some reason, and I'm not quite sure why. I think if you're Montreal, you got to be salivating at that matchup as things stand today. Well, Andy, as someone who knows all about teams winning in the offseason, yeah. the, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos <laughs> did, did, did. The Edmonton Eskimos took a page of the Cleveland Browns book. Sorry, buddy, I have to get it yeah, in there because being yeah. a Jets fan, there's really, there's, there's really, there's really not much pleasure I'm taking out of this football season. Very but true. Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos won the off won the offseason, right? They yeah, picked yeah. up Larry Dean. They picked up Greg Ellingson, and among everybody else, they picked up Trevor Harris. And you really felt going into this season that the Edmonton Eskimos could really, with that coaching staff and as well as that defense played to start the season under defensive coordinator Phil, Phil Blawley, uh, they and the, and the way that, that T.J. Gabe was playing at running back, this team, we thought, could be, and with the dip that Calgary was having and the injury to Boldy by Mitchell, we thought this team could be the team in the West. However, uh, it hasn't turned up that way, especially inside no. the 20-yard line where they are loathe to really get anything going uh, and the injury to Trevor Harris hurts but I just kind of feel sometimes there's something else going on there in, in Edmonton and it has long been discussed in the years that Jason Mosh has been the head coach if the team derived too much emotional intensity from their coach hmm. uh, I'm certainly not one in this right now to go ahead and, and, and play psychiatrist or psychologist and kind of mentally break down this team but what I will say is I do not disagree with your premise that this team beats the teams it should and then in certain moments kind of struggles. Now, yeah. they did come back against Hamilton in, in what was a good game, but I look at those games against Calgary on Labor Day, two games when they could have gone ahead, not only yeah. put their, not only done everyone in the West a favor and put Calgary away, but they could have gone ahead and asserted themselves and say, forget Winnipeg and forget Saskatchewan. We are the team to beat in the West. And they folded. And that, again, I'm not going to say it's an indictment of Jason Moss. I'm not going to say it's an indictment of Trevor Harris. I'm going, to, I'm going to put it on the whole team and say, if you want to be great, if you want to be in the West of all the two divisions of the CFL, you have to. When the moment calls for it, you have to beat Calgary. It's undeniable. You beat Calgary, you make a statement. You show everybody, right. okay, we can be taken seriously. If you can't beat Calgary, especially on Labor Day and the rematch after, if you can't, it is open and fair game for people start wondering whether or not you're the real deal. Absolutely. Matt, great stuff as always, buddy. Thank you so much for the time. Take care, my friend. There he goes, Matthew Shinetti from TSN. What a great guy. I love, I love talking football with Matt. And the dig to the Browns, too. What a guy. All right. Well, there we, there we go. Matthew Shinetti. Get him on Twitter, at TSN Shinetti. We will take the break, wrap up the show next with some CFL fantasy tips from our resident CFL fantasy expert, Ben Kramer from CFL.ca and Daily Roto. Wrapping up CFL Weekly after the break across the TSN radio network. <laughs>
TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara, coming to you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studios. Follow us on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. If you miss any of the show, don't worry. All you do, just go to iTunes, you can find it. Go to your local TSN radio show page under the show tab and scroll down to find CFL Weekly. Or, of course, post it all up on Twitter at AndyMC81. All right, folks, that time of week again, right? CFL Fantasy Tips. Let's head now to the Domino's Pizza Delivery Line. And this is where, of course, on Domino's.ca, go grab a, a large four-topping pizza for twelve ninety nine. All fresh toppings. The variety is Endless at Domino's.ca. Mix and match. Marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Specials all the time. Just check it all out. Carry or delivery at Domino's.ca. Domino's.ca. Let's welcome in Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca. So, Ben, let's start as we, we tend to with, with the quarterback position. Interesting one this week. Vernon Adams Jr., who has been a lock recently to just slide on in there and, and reap the rewards. Well, uh, he's out with a suspension, meaning we go back to Pigskin Pipkin or, or maybe Schiltz or whoever else Montreal's floating around in there. Does this week, um, are we sending Montreal heading out west as well to BC? Are we staying away from a lot of the, the the Alouette offensive weapons because of the quarterback situation? Yeah, I think it's people tend to have pretty short memories and forget how terrible this Montreal offense oh, yeah. was without Vernon Adams under center. And frankly, even before this season when he had had a shot there before, it was kind of mediocre. But Matt Schultz and Antonio Pipkin are very frankly bad professional quarterbacks. Correct, they sir. may be wonderful people, but they're not <laughs> good quarterbacks. No. And they're really bad fantasy assets. So I would certainly be docking that Montreal offense, even from the projections that come out, maybe another 10% lower yet, just because those historical rates are going to go historically bad with historically bad quarterback. <laughs> right. Tell me what you really think, Ben. That's great. I, I totally, I'm on board with you, man. I 100% agree with you on that. So let's go to the other side of that. Mike Riley putting up his biggest fantasy output since week three. Week three, and we're in week 16. Now, you play in Montreal, it's at home. East teams traditionally, we know, don't travel well. Mike Riley, $9,400 on your CFL DraftKings contest. If you go to DraftKings.com, are we thinking maybe two weeks in a row we're, we're paying for Mike Riley here, or where else are you looking at QB? Yeah, that red-black defense is a heck of a drug Ooh, for opposing wee. quarterbacks, right? Yeah. It's quite something well, what people have been able to put up against them and frankly the Montreal defense of late has not been a whole lot better Montreal is giving up the second most yards per pass attempt in the league at this point despite the fact that they're winning games and they're giving up the fourth highest rate of passing touchdowns per attempt as well so yeah BC might be there I think the thing that's going to be interesting to see is Ottawa has no pass rush whatsoever they can't develop pressure, and that's allowed Riley to kind of sit back there and throw the ball like he used to, despite the fact they haven't really changed a whole lot. So it'll be interesting if John Bowman and the rest of that Montreal line that has a little bit more ability to create sacks than Ottawa does, if they'll be able to get Riley off his spot again and return them back a little bit more to what we've seen through most of the 2019 season from B.C. So if you want to, if, if Riley still makes you a little bit nervous, uh, where are we going at quarterback? Because Trevor Harris' upper body is still kind of questionable. And really, even if he plays, you're, you're one hit away, right, from, from going out. Where are we going quarterback this week? 
Chris Strebler was on top of the projections last week, and last I checked, he actually had a pretty okay game. He's a, he's kind of a beast of a man back there under center. He may well be, despite what Vernon Adams had to say or the Bombers had to say. It's not Andrew Harris or William Stanback that are the best backs in the league. I think Chris Strebler is probably the best running back in the league at this point. And if you can play him a quarterback at only 8,000, he's going to get near 100 yards rushing. He's had better than a touchdown every game so far this season. And I think even without looking for a stacking option with him, just because they don't pass much, Chris Strebler is probably the top option again this week versus a Hamilton defense that's giving up the second most yards per carry to opposing players. And it's at home for Winnipeg. Now $9,600 on the DraftKings contest. And as you said, just over 8,000, a bit more affordable on the TSN CFL game. So, all right, let, let's, let's look at the rest here. So let's, let's slide in Strebler on defense. If we flip down to the bottom to uh, DST or, or defense, depending which, uh, which style you're playing on the TSN game or the DraftKings game. I got it. Even though the Eskimos defense isn't putting up big numbers, uh, ben, I, I got to go with Edmonton, right, against Ottawa? Yeah, I think it's certainly an option, especially with Will Arndt specifically getting a start for yeah, them this yeah. week. You always want to pick on the weakest quarterback of the bunch. So I think Arndt is certainly an option to pick on with the Edmonton defense. It comes down in price a little bit. If you've got money to spend, the Toronto Argonauts are turning over to James Franklin mm. again, and he's been significantly turnover prone in the number of handful of starts that he's had. And the Rough Riders defense has finally been finding ways to turn their pressures into turnovers. So with Charleston Hughes likely back in the lineup for that defense, I think that picking on James Franklin is probably another one that you can look ah, at with that Riders defense. I like it. In conversation with Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca with your CFL fantasy tips on Twitter at Benjamin. You can send your CFL fantasy questions there and to at AndyMC81. All right, running back time here, my friend. Uh, Andrew Harris, of course, uh, again, uh, back from suspension, CFL Performer of the Week last week at home, top build guy, over ten grand on your DraftKings contest. After that, you got William Powell, Gable, uh, James Wilder Jr., Standback, uh, and, uh, and then you kind of go down the list from there. Uh, where, are we, where are we going running back? Are we going heavy? I know we said maybe no, don't stack with Strebler, but, you know, Harris just kind of keeps doing his thing. Yeah, Harris is there. Like He's over 10K now on both sites. But he's going to be the top projected running back simply because he gets work no matter what the game script is, whether it's as a receiver who's trying to play from behind or as a running back who's trying to grind down the clock. He's going to be there and involved. I think yeah. it's going to be one thing to keep note of if you're building lineups this week is you probably don't want Harris and Streveler in the same lineup because they tend to vulture from each other mm. a little bit. Instead of correlating positively with a lot of receiving touchdowns, one of them is going to score the rushing touchdowns for Winnipeg, and the other one is going to be left out in the cold for the most part. So it turned out all right this week to have both of them in a the lineup, but it's going to be rare that you're going to have a ceiling game from both of them in the same game simply because they're both kind of leeching off each other's touches. So probably looking at one or the other, if you're not going to go the Harris route, William Powell is an interesting option versus that Toronto defense that's giving up the most yards and touchdowns per carry to opposing running backs. And he's significantly cheaper at only 8400 on the CFL.ca contest and in the 8K range on DraftKings as well. He's pretty volatile. He's either had two scores or no scores in each game this year. And so I think if you're playing for something that could be a little bit more contrarian option, Powell would be an interesting play. And William Stanback is just 
plummeting as far as pricing goes. He's only 7K on the CFL.ca contest now, and this week turns out to be the best value of the bunch versus a BC defense that's probably going to be trying to figure out how they can shut down that running game with Adams out of the picture. Well, and well, this is the, the other side when we look at, let's say, John White for the BC Lions in Montreal. You know, he had a big week, but we have to take into account, just like Mike Riley, well, it was, it was against Ottawa. He had 14 fantasy points, and then before that, 5.3, 11.3, 24.4, 2.9. Very inconsistent. He's a bit more price-friendly. Do you take a shot on a John White as, let's say, your RB2 this week? Yeah, I think White's absolutely in consideration. Zip, part because the price is significantly lower than most of the other starting running backs still in the 6K range. But also Montreal's giving up the second most yards per carry, I believe, at this point to opposing running backs. And White's touches have been up significantly over the last couple of months. So I think with him probably in the lineup and Rutley continuing to be on IR, I think White is probably a pretty solid value. You might want to look at choosing one of Stanback or White in that Mm -hmm. game, though, because it's unlikely that both running backs wind up getting 15 to 20 touches is usually it's the running back that's playing from ahead that winds up getting heavier right. workload. Right, 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 right. And Ben, last one for you here. Your your top wide receiver this week who you could slot in. Maybe give me the we know Brand Banks is always perched the top price-wise over $10,000 on your DraftKings CFL contest, but maybe your top guy and then a, a quick sleeper to pop in there. Yeah, I think Brian Burnham is going to be a guy that's willing to go back to again. I said last week that it was unfortunate he didn't get the touchdowns two weeks ago against Ottawa, but to stick with him because those air yards were the top in the league at this point over the last three weeks, and he came out and put up a big game against Ottawa last week. Montreal's giving up the second most yards per attempt to uh, opposing receivers right now behind only that sad Toronto defense, so I think going back to Burnham and that well again is probably another reasonable option. If people are looking for for a cheaper option, Jordan Williams-Lambert's probably coming back into the lineup for Saskatchewan this week, and his price is at a significant reduction. He's only $3,000 on DraftKings this week, and he'll probably be in a lot of lineups, I would guess. And even just a slight bump in his rates over what he produced with the sad quarterback core they had for the Riders last year, I think he could put up exceptional value this week. Just put it up. Great stuff as always, my friend. Let people know where they can uh, get some, some NFL fantasy tips on Daily Roto, right? Yeah, you can get all of our stuff there on dailyroto.com, full with the lineup optimizer and weekly breakdowns and podcasts in written form. And you can get a 10% off discount using the promo code CFL2019. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, great talking, Danny. There he is, Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca on Twitter at Benjamin. You can send your CFL fantasy questions right there or to me on Twitter at AndyMC81. All right, people, that'll do it. Thank you very much to our guest for producer Arad. I'm Andy McNamara. Enjoy the Week 16 games in the Canadian Football League. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.